have the show. Um, even drinking hot tea uh, this time. It's some kind of hot chamomile tea to try and get the uh, frog out of my throat, which has reoccurred. And um, I don't think it's doing any good. It's like it's like my my throat is a cotton ball, just a big cotton ball. And um, it doesn't seem to... It just absorbs, like, any kind of liquid that uh, that I put down into the goozle. This tea is alright. It's not that great. Oh, are we on? Mm, good. Let's see here. Got a show to do. It's not my day off, but... <clears throat> I woke up, and I thought, why not? Let's get this out of the way. Let's keep the ball rolling. You know, the ball. Everybody says, thanks, Zom, for keeping the ball rolling. Uh, not sure what, like, like um, um, what was that movie with the guy and the samurai and the little kid? Lone Wolf and Cub. They had to, you had to make the choice between the sword and the ball. I'd take the ball. And that was a pretty, pretty awesome ball. It was really decorative and everything. But, I mean, you know you get a fucking sword like that and all you end up doing it is pawning it at a pawn shop you know and then some fucking chick with big hands and big feet come and try and you know I don't know put a snake in your in your uh, trailer well anyway I just wanted to talk about some stuff I did watch some stuff this time a little bit more than last time but not and last time I talked for like two and a half hours, so uh, this is what what I call killing time before the second time that I fall asleep before I have to go to work. So um, I wanted to talk about one thing: is uh, uh, the two series that I'm watching now. If you know, I guess I watch them every once in a while just to keep up. But you know, starting at the at the beginning is Mad Men and the Americans. And the thing that I was like wanting to speak on this about, as the Iron Sheik would say, the Iron Sheik, let me speak on this. Ihran number one. Um, I get. I, maybe maybe it's uh, like anything else when you marathon things that you get start getting a little burnout or something. I'm not marathoning them that much, like you know, sitting down and watching maybe just like two or three episodes at a time. But the one thing is, is like watching two shows where the people, where just about everybody in the show is a piece of shit. Um, it kind of, that's, that's why I'm not marathoning them any faster than what I am is because like the Americans, you have these KGB fuckers that are in the United States and, you know, yeah, I, I like the idea of it because it's different because they are, you know, hiding out, but they're family and everything. Uh, no matter what, they still have human emotions. They're still a family. They're still being manipulated by the, the government, their government. And um, but they're still the some of the stuff they do. They're such pieces of shit that it kind of makes me like you know I don't care if they have kids. I don't care if they have feelings or anything. I just you know they're just fucking scumbags. Especially when they do shit to just like innocent people. And um. That Mad, Mad Men is just kind of like, I mean, John Hamm's character. I like John Hamm, but his character is such a piece of shit that it just, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, dude, you're you're just a fucking, you're just, okay, 
it's just like the Americans. He, yeah, he has um, things that make him the way he is. And they do touch on that, and they do go back and show flashbacks. And that's part of, you know, the character study and everything. And he's an interesting character. But, I mean, he's it's like it's just a fucking sociopath. I mean, I could just see this guy being fucking like Ted Bundy, you know, going out and, like, murdering women and killing people and stuff. He just... He's just a piece of shit. <laughs> Everybody's a piece of shit. Even the nice girl in the office is a fucking piece of shit. So, um, you know, like I said, it's just, I, I don't expect, we t- I've talked about before, about in movies where, you know, somebody will say, well, I didn't like this movie. Nobody in it was likable. Well, I mean, you know, when you have an hour and a half movie, maybe a two hour movie, it, it I don't know what it is, but when it's just relentless and over and over and over, it's like, why am I watching this? What is fucking people? The only thing I watch it for is to see people get their comeuppance, you know. And then, especially like it's like the wrestling with the NWO. You wanted to see them get their ass kicked because they were a bunch of fucking assholes and pieces of shit. And then it never happens. And that's like with these shows. If they get their comeuppance, then the show's not really is like over. So, because some of these people just deserve, like, the worst thing that could possibly happen to them. So, that's Mad Men and, um, what's-his-face? <laughs> the Americans. That one guy on The Americans, I guess it's this Matthew Rees or Matthew Rise. I kept thinking, where have I seen him before? And he was in that Anthony Hopkins movie. Oh, the Shakespeare movie. What was that called? Titus. He was the, uh, one of the little asshole sons that was a uh, you know, piece of shit. So he's good in this as being a piece of shit. Uh, what's his name? Is uh, that Noah Emmerich? He seems like he's in just about everything. I do like the CIA stuff. I've always been a you know, fan of that kind of crap. Um, but yeah, that Matthew uh, Rees or Matthew Rise, I knew I'd seen him in something before, and I was like, where have I seen this fucker? And um, Carrie Russell... You know, uh, I'm trying to think, I wonder what channel, what channel is this fucking thing on? Because they do show some, uh, some, uh, like, you know, rapey stuff and some, you know, blowjob stuff. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's, I can see why, you know, it's probably, you know, it's been on for a long time. But, um, like I said, I have to take it in small doses because by the end, by the end of like one episode, I'm just like, these people are just assholes. It's like going to, um, a family reunion or something with with people that are in your life that you can't get out of your life that are just assholes and you're like why am i doing this okay i'm going to talk about some movies uh not too much going on here in life um hmm, not not much at all i'll maybe take a little vacation uh again here coming up um so i'm uh, i don't know what i'm going to do i don't know what kind of road trip this is going to be but uh, maybe nothing at all. Maybe just stay home and go see some movies that I have missed in the theater. But I think I'm going to at least go somewhere for a couple of days and just, you know, get on the road. Uh, like Kerouac, except I'm going to be in a car. I'm not going to be fucking hitchhiking and uh, being a, and writing uh, prose poetry or whatever. Um, I don't normally... Hey, I don't normally um, watch any kind of horror movies, but... For some reason, I was on, um, no, was I on fucking, no, I wasn't on Netflix. I was on, um, Comcast In Demand, and they have some, some horror movies on there, and stuff that, that's, you know, enjoyable, not just something that's gonna make me puke, or make me have nightmares and stuff. 
Um, I watched 1990, or I'm sorry, 1985's um, Silver Bullet, uh, based on the Stephen King novel, uh, directed by Daniel Atias. Uh, and this stars Gary Busey and Corey Haim is a big one in this one. Uh, you know, you see old poor Corey Haim. Uh, at least, you know, when you see him when he's a kid, he, you know, you get you see him when he's at his height of uh, fame. And then, you know, all the stuff where he just went downhill. And uh, Corey Feldman's been in the news here recently because of all the sexual harassment stuff that's and rape and, you know, sexual assault stuff coming out of Hollywood and out of, you know, just entertainment in general with Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly and that Weinstein, Harvey, <laughs> that Weinstein, uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, oh, uh, I, now that this is coming out, I want to apologize to somebody because I grabbed their tit, you know, on TV, on MTV or something like that. It's like, dude, get, what the fuck? And it was... um um. Oh fucking Negan, it was his now wife, I think. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. For some reason, I kept the, the word Joe kept coming in my brain. I don't know why. <laughs> and it was trying to it was trying to uh, fuck with my fuck with me. Like when you start trying to think of a, a song or a movie, and you get something stuck in your head, and you know it's not right, but that's what comes up all the time. So it was Negan from the losers. Um. This was pretty good. This was entertaining, and it probably was because uh, Stephen King did not direct it. Um, I thought it was at first, you know, I I, I know I have seen this before and uh, a long time ago, and I'm not sure I saw the whole thing, but um, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, um, it. It's fun. This is one that you could watch with like a junior high kids if you have kids or something like that. I don't know if I'd go any younger than that if you have children. Um, but because it's entertaining enough that, and it's done in like you know the '80s fashion. It's not. It's not super duper scary. the The thing that I liked about it more than anything was the relationship between Corey Haim and his uncle Red, uh, who is Gary Busey or Marty Coslaw. He wasn't Corey Haim in this, um, but uh, I like that relationship of the of the uncle. Even though Gary Busey's kind of the fuck up in the family and the drinks and everything, like <laughs> he's really stretching his role here. I uh, like uh, you know when you, uh, yeah I think maybe every every kid has the um, the the likable fun uncle that they like to hang out with, you know. And I like that relationship. He he especially when. Um, when Corey Haim and who was the girl in this? Ha ha ha! Who was the girl in this? Damn it! Was it somebody famous? I don't know. Corey Haim. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I know that Lawrence Tierney was in this, and uh, you know he's uh, Mr. Well, let's see. He was Joe. Well, he was Joe. When I was thinking of Joe, he was Joe in Reservoir Dogs. Um, and um, Everett McGill, who also fought Steven Seagal, I think on a train in that um, old under siege, dark bunghole, dark passageway, or dark something. Um, but like I said, I, I like that when when Haim is trying to tell his uncle 
who he, you know, trusts and who he admires and who he just likes to hang out with because he doesn't act like a kid, you know, or he doesn't treat him like a kid. I think that was one of the main things with like some uncles is when they treat you like a buddy and not like a little kid. So where your parents are like, you know, they're like, hey, you know, (laughs) but when uh, he was trying to tell him what's going on and Busey at first is kind of like, you know, he's like, (laughs) but, um, I like that whole that whole interaction. And Busey was this. I don't know if this was before or after he had the the uh, motorcycle wreck and you know his big. I'm sure he was doing some blow and stuff because he was fat in this. It was this was like Point Break Busey kind of kind of fat and still entertaining and not annoying and and so crazy that you know you don't even want to be around him, Uncle. <coughs> but anyway, Stephen King. I like this one, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen King's pretty cool. He always gives uh, Trump shit on, like, uh, Facebook and Twitter or whatever. Um, next thing I watched was uh, also a horror, horror movie. And this this movie uh, got me banned from Facebook for 24 hours, and I'll tell you why. Would you like to hear about it? <laughs> 1979's The Amityville Horror. Now, this one is rated R. I mean, this is R. Um I haven't seen this since I was since I was probably in um, I don't know seventy nine junior high something like that, um, and I th- I enjoyed it. This is another one. It didn't it didn't frighten me so much. <laughs> I'm a big scaredy cat. It's scary. I don't want to watch. Um, but this was um, directed by Stuart Rosenberg and written by uh, Zandor Stern. That's a cool name, Zandor. Or Zandor, uh, if I had it, if I ever had a kid, I was the one that I was talking about. If I ever had a kid, uh, I was going to name it Gomez. If it was a boy, and if it was a girl, I you know I don't know what I would name it. I'd let the mother name it. That's not my job. Uh, <laughs> based on the the book by Jay Anson. Now I wonder if that guy was like the 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 guy that was in the stayed in the house, the scary house. Um, you know, I always like the backstory on this when people are like, oh, would you buy the people, the the age old question, not just about Amityville Horror, but about haunted houses. Like, you know, would you buy this house if, if it was up for sale? You know, the Amityville house or a haunted house or whatever. Well, my cousins, there was a murder in the town that I went to college in. And this guy, he, um, I think he lost like a whole bunch of money, um, and gambling or something or maybe uh, uh drugs or something like that and he went and murdered his brother and his br- brother's whole family the the brother the sister-in-law and i think like maybe a couple of kids and he, i don't know if he was going to try and make it look like, like so he could get the insurance or something well that house sat empty for years and my cousins ended up buying it and uh, you know, no problems. Well, they didn't give a shit, and I wouldn't give a shit either. Especially the one thing I was going to bring up was when they when uh, people say um, about this this movie. You know, would you would you sleep in the Amityville Horror House? You know, for a night, or would you buy that house or whatever? And, fuck yeah, because you know when it comes out, like the the family was into transcendental meditation, uh, which they helped to. Um, bring about a certain state or whatever by doing like lots of LSD so you know that might have had something more to do with what happened than um, 
you know, some demon, demon. Uh, maybe it was the it was possessed by the blue demon, the the famous luchador, and he was like, "Get out!" You know, uh, vamanos. Uh, <laughs> but the one thing about this, okay, there was a couple things that I that I liked about this. Number one, Margot Kidder. I forgot either that maybe I only saw it on TV and I didn't see the scene where she's like trying to. Okay, now I think she was she had been married and had. Uh, a couple of kids and Brolin married her so the kids weren't I don't think were weren't his kids but they were still like he came home the one day and she was like all fucking sexy and I never thought of Margot Kidder you always think of her as like Lois Lane you know um, does he know does he know that I how much I care does he know <laughs> Poor Christopher Reeves. But she looked hot in this. And, and somebody said on the group, they said, you know, that she could have been like a, with her look, she kind of had like a Marilyn Chambers kind of a look, you know, like she could have been like a 70s porn star or something. Well, I started looking her up. Well, I guess she must have posed for Playboy or something like that. So as a reply to that comment, I posted a picture of Margot Kidder from Playboy. It was, she, it was black and white, but she was nude. And I'll be goddamn, when I hit the thing to post it, it was like it didn't post. And I was like, I wonder what happened. Well, then, when as soon as I um, I tried to do something on Facebook, it said that I had been like uh, log, automatically logged out or something. I need to log back in. Well, I'm always suspicious of that because I think, you know, okay, what the fuck's the deal? Is somebody trying to get me to put in my password so they can, you know, uh, hack my account or whatever? And um, so... Um, I logged back in, and when I logged back in, it said that I had posted something inappropriate to Facebook standards, and that I would be banned from Facebook for a 24-hour period, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it actually showed the pictures, too. And I'm like, well, mother freaker. And what, you know, the one thing that pisses me off more than anything is, is uh, I'm a member of several groups on on, um, Facebook, and I was just looking at one. It's like a kind of like a motorcycle group. Uh, and they just post all kind of pictures, mostly like hot chicks and motorcycles. And somebody posted like about four pictures of fucking naked women on there, and you know, whatever. So I don't know if somebody turned me in or if it was algorithm or what. One of you fuckers turned me in. There's gonna be hell to pay. Um, so, but I liked uh, I liked the Amityville Horror, and another thing I liked about it was James Brolin looking like Bruiser Brody. Uh, this was uh, like back when he had his. Um, uh, Night of the Juggler look with the with the the kind of long hair and the bushy beard and he's fucking chopping firewood all the time. <laughs> he was crazy and um <laughs> and the, the 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 one thing that I like more than anything being an animal lover is even though there was a god the blue demon was in the fucking house trying to give him a plancha or something if he came back he still went back to save the fucking dog and that 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 was awesome that and Margot Kidder's a pretty awesome fucking little body on her. Jesus H. Christ. Rod Steiger sucked in this. Um, Rod Steiger and Don Stroud. Now, Don Stroud, I thought, it just didn't, he just didn't fit the part. Um, he played a, a young priest, like uh, Damien Caddis, but uh, he just really didn't fit the part of the of the young priest, and Rod Steiger was horrible. He just screamed and yelled the whole time, and flies flew all over him. So, I mean, I was surprised. I was just like, man, Rod Steiger's a good actor, but goddamn, he was horrible in this. Uh, so, let's move on from Amityville 
horror. And that's another thing. You know, I was talking about this one, and then another one that I've got coming up is if if a uh, horror movie is successful, you wait like 20 years, and they always have to fucking remake it. And I remember they remade, I think, Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds should play nothing but Deadpool in the new Deadpool movies because he's not really very good. Uh, and he's his eyes are a little too close together. He's He kind of has, like, ferret eyes. Like, um... I always heard, like, when you're drawing... Of course, you know, if, depending on how somebody really looks, but they said, it, like, if you're drawing a cartoon character, their eyes should be spaced... The space between their eyes should equal the space of one eye from corner to corner. Well, his eyes are way too close together. His like, eyes are like um, uh, like a pupil apart. And uh, he he's not... He's funny in Deadpool... Because he's, you know, that's his character. But he plays that obnoxious asshole kind of character in every fucking movie. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. He kind of is like Stifler. Uh, I like Stifler and Goon, the first one. The second one was horrible. But, um, you know, it's like they just have that one character. Like Vince Vaughn had that one character. And he just kind of tried to stretch it. Now, at least in that 99 cell block brawl, he was a little bit better. Because he just kind of played like big fucking um oh um i don't know cross between the mummy and uh let's see king kong bundy sort of the one thing i didn't like about vince vaughn in that movie is he tried to be a little bit of a redneck and it's like dude give me a break uh i probably said that last time but i watched another big giant uh frankensteinish looking guy uh and that's uh for 2016's don't kill it don't kill it uh, this was directed by Mark Mendez and written by Dan Burke and Robert Olson. Stars uh, the gold of Sylvan Gold, Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren uh, Christina Klieb. She, that name sounds familiar to me, but I'm not going to look it up. Cause I don't care. Christina Klieb. Let me look her up anyway. What the fuck? Might as well. Uh... She, uh, this movie, Loaf did not like it. I don't know if he didn't like it. He just was kind of like, meh. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, Christina Klebe, 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 Halloween. She, again, you know, they have those remakes, and she was in the remake of Halloween. Uh, what else was this woman in? Oh, now see, they put actress on IMDb. They don't put actor. They put actress. Uh, Wolfenstein. She was a voice in Wolfenstein. Castle Wolfenstein. Uh, let's see. She Hate Me. Remember there was a guy in the uh, USFL. Or not US. Was it USFL? No. Not USFL. XFL. He Hate Me. Uh, Halloween. Oh, man. I don't even feel like fucking doing this podcast. <laughs> I'm starting to get a headache. <laughs> Too much thought is having to go into this. There's no drugs involved or anything. And, you know, you just have to summon up some kind of gumption to keep the ball rolling. You know, I should have took the sword. But anyway, okay, this is kind of a horror movie. And it did freak me out because the people, you know, in um, uh, the hell is that movie where the invasion of the body snatchers, Donald Sutherland, when they go, like that. They do that a lot. The, the 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 monster in this does that a lot, and that sound was fucking oh, it's just awful. But it's this movie's funny as shit. 
Okay, now that's awful, but it was funny. It, it, the, the movie's fucking funny. Uh, watch it with that in mind. <laughs> Dolph again. I, try, I started thinking when I was writing this one down that I was like, did I talk about this? But I talked about the other Dolph movie where he was in the Mexican prison uh, last time. But it's sort of the same thing, you know, when you review a Dolph movie about how funny he is because he's really super slow. He plays in this uh, Jebediah Woodley. Now, Dolph in this is, he's Swedish or whatever the fuck he is. <laughs> it's funny how things tie together. But I was just giving Vince Vaughn shit for trying to kind of be a little bit of a redneck in uh, uh, the brawl in Cell Block 9, 99, whatever, 99. Um, Dolph is kind of a redneck in this one, but it's funny because, you know, he's Swedish. It's like Bo Svensson being a redneck in Walking Tall Part 2 or whatever. Um, but he's good at it because he's fu- it's funny, you know. It's Dolph, and he's got the fucking, he looks, again, like he's about half in the bag. He fucking drinks out of a flask all the time. He vapes in this, which is fucking funny as shit. Um, and um, he wears a ridiculous outfit. He has these boots. You know, like in... in um, old Marvel comics like um, Captain America and Hawkeye they wore those boots that looked like uh, pirate boots they, they they like if if you folded them all the way up they'd go way up above your knee but they fold them down below the knee so they have that like flap he wears boots like that in modern day <laughs> and he kind of has like a um, uh, like a fishnet shirt and lots of medallions that are supposed to keep like demons and stuff at bay. He's sort of like a demon hunter kind of a deal. And uh, he's got this gun thing that ha- it, it, it's like a, oh, I don't know. It's like an umbrella, an umbrella on the end that, that, that this net goes into. And it's got these like four or five weights that look like coconuts on the end. So when he shoots it, they, it, it blasts the net out and then the weights... How, you know, carry it through the air. I, I don't know how it works. I don't know the physics, but it's funny. Watch this movie and laugh. Uh, I enjoyed this one almost more than probably any movie I watched this week, <laughs> which is sad. It really is. No, but it was good. I thought it was fucking very good. It's on uh, Netflix Instant. Watch. Don't kill it. Um, it'll surprise you how funny it is. And it, wait, wait a minute. Does that say it's a comedy? Action comedy fantasy, yes. So get get don't let the noise scare you away at the beginning where they screech. Uh, watch the this is a classic 1976 Carrie, uh, directed by Brian De Palma, uh, who must, I mean I'm telling you what this dude's a, is 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 a creep. He's got to be creepy in real life because he is way too much into the voyeurism and uh, like uh, having the camera pan down on Carrie's nipples and titties and everything. Uh, but he's a good director in this now, and and some other ones now. He kind of became not as good of a director later in years. Um, I think probably like a lot of the visual stuff that he that he does, even in some of the shitty movies like Snake Eyes and stuff with the one long shot and all this crap of camera work and everything. Um, but um, he, I guarantee you, he is a peeping tom or something. Uh, and this was also based on a Stephen King novel. Uh, screenplay by Lawrence D. Cohen, starring Sissy Spacek, who's very young in this, Piper Laurie, who is a little bit weird, uh, William Cat, who is like a, a a pretty 
a pretty guy, and I was going to say a pretty young guy, but he's just a pretty guy. He has very pretty hair. He has like Catherine Deneuve hair in this. I don't want to run my fingers through it because uh, a dude like that their their pheromones just make me want to like uh, hit him in the throat or something. Like you know, um, he's probably a nice guy, but dudes smell. Um, maybe that has something to do with like what you're attracted to even as much as like visually because like a woman man if i smell a woman um i'm like i I turn into like a fucking uh um no i was gonna say a hyena but that kind of is weird (laughs) john travolta has nice hair in this too he has lustrous hair nancy allen is very hot in this even though she's a little bitch pj souls they they get the little the little high school bitch thing down perfectly, which um, even though they're fucking cunts and they're, they're like the they're like the, uh, the the girls that you fucking hated in school because they were cunts, but you still wanted to bang them. Um, they got that down perfectly. Betty Buckley is in this now. I kind of wondered, you know, I'm sure you know if I had the idea, uh, you know, thinking about this, that Betty Buckley she played the uh, the gym coach, and I was kind of wondering if she now I know she cared about Carrie, like you know, because she saw Carrie as the being the victim to these mean girls and stuff. But I still also felt like there was a little bit of um, um, like she kind of liked Carrie in a female gym coach sort of way. If you, I, you know, that's just the, the, like some of the lingering looks and some of the, uh, like she'd almost have to gather herself, like, hey, I'm a school teacher. I don't, you know, I can't be looking at Carrie's little nipples or whatever. What the fuck's this shit? Who the hell's sending me crap? Oh. Yay, <laughs> Um, let's see here. Somebody sent me something, but I'm going to continue on because I am a pro. Wait a minute. Did you hear that? Okay. <laughs> Split pea soup, Daddy. I'm back on the, uh, back on the, um, I'm not on the wagon. Uh, maybe I fell off the wagon. Split pea. It's the best. Uh, I got two different kinds. I got the kind that had the, um, the potatoes and little, I don't know, pea, or well, of course, peas. <laughs> Split pea soup. <laughs> Does it got carrots in it? Uh, but then the other one's just the pea. Uh, yes, it was split pea, so it did have peas in it. Um, but anyway, Carrie was really good. It's um, it's a horror movie, but it I think because De Palma, De Palma adds a lot to it with his weird creepiness. His um, he's he's a good like uh, um. Of course, I you know I don't I know he's not the the he wasn't the cameraman, but I'm sure that he you know wanted certain shots and maybe he told the guy what to do because he is a voyeur voyeur. Nancy Allen was really pretty in this, and uh, so I'll move on from this because her and Travolta had the blowout. Was it blow? Yes, blowout. Um, but Carrie, you, you have to feel sorry for her because I actually knew like uh, a girl in school that was kind of like that. Her family was so fucked up. Um, and you know, she just didn't know anything. They lived like we, we gave them a ride home in the, uh, gave her a ride home one time in the, um, driver's ed car and you went out this country road. And then when you got to the end of the pavement, you went out like this gravel road and then like into the grass. And then she had to walk like across a Creek to get to their house. And their house was real, you know, 
you know, not, you know, it was really like rundown, not very nice and everything. But, you know, so you, you kind of feel sorry for a kid like, but Carrie fucking, she's, she started standing up to Mama. And Piper Lori, she was just weird, you know. She would be the kind of, she's the kind of person that would be on Plenty of Fish uh, or Match.com now, you know. Um, Bleeding Cat had nice hair. Everybody, everybody in this had nice hair. Carrie really didn't have nice hair. Travolta had nice hair. Uh, William Cat had nice hair. Um, I think Betty Buckley probably had pretty nice hair. Uh, what's her name? Um, Amy Irving. She had nice hair. It, it, she has that frizzy kind of hair, but it was a uh, curly kind of uh, hair, but it was nice. wasn't as nice as William Cat's though. And Travolta, you know, he had that dark hair. It was dark, but it it it, it was shiny. But you knew it wasn't greasy. It was um um what was Travolta's hair like? Like a mink. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Too much time on there. Okay, I just uh, I did not watch Young Blood, the uh, hockey movie, but I read an article. There was an article on Hockey News. Uh, you might want to check it out. I posted the uh, link to it, and uh, they went back and just kind of uh, did some uh, uh, little short interviews with all the people that were in Young Blood. Not Rob Lowe or Swayze, I don't think, but like like the actual guys that had played uh, hockey or coached hockey. Uh, and talk to them about making the movie and everything. And I, I, for, I forgot that Keanu Reeves was in this. And, um, um, but they said like Keanu and Swayze were pretty good at at skating and playing hockey. They said Keanu was really good at playing hockey, uh, which is a surprise because you know he's born, I think, and raised in Hawaii. Uh, they said, you know, Swayze was was good because he was just a natural athlete. He could do everything. Now, they did say Rob Lowe wasn't that good of a skater and that they had to, they got like some figure skater to go and and kind of teach him how to skate uh, trying to, so he could skate a lot better so they could at least you know make it look good. And of course, they had like uh, doubles that some of the stuff that they, if they had to skate and do some special move or something to make them look, because you know Dean Youngblood was supposed to be like Gretzky. You know he was a little guy, but he could he had all the you know all the right moves, not like Tom Cruise, but he could do all the you know all the real fancy stuff like uh, Dennis Savard or something. That's a that's a uh, Blackhawks reference for Coop. <laughs> Denis Savard. He was like a wizard on the ice, man. Like he'd just do anything. Um, Ed Lauder's in this. Of course, he always plays a coach or a fucking uh, warden or something. But the, you know, um, um, I bet Peter Zezel was in this, and he was a flyer, and he was like one of my favorite players when he played. Um, but anyway, um, they were just talking about you know making the movie and everything, and uh, they said that Patrick Swayze was a real nice guy, you know, to hang out with and shit like that. Poor Swayze. But anyway, that makes me want to go watch that movie. But like I said, check that out. Check that article out. It was pretty good. It came at it from like a hockey standpoint, you know. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I just happened to find I don't know how I found that the other day. I don't know what I was like. Oh, I think I was just looking at, uh, trying to look up some hockey news on hockey news <laughs> online. I used to get that, the paper hockey news, you know. It was like a... It was almost like sporting news, you know, like a, uh, not like a glossy magazine, but almost like a newspaper, but it was big. Now everything's going down the tubes. There's no even, you know, reason to go to a fucking, um, when we went to the beach, you know, this was like, I think last year, my mom and my sister and I were at, um, CV, uh, CVS pharmacy, just went in there to get like a couple things and, and, uh, um, which they're expensive. Like if you're just going in there just to buy 
I don't know, suntan lotion or something. It'd be like 10 bucks, and you could go to a fucking Walmart and get it way cheaper. But, um, what the hell was I just talking about? Oh, good. My mom went and bought like two or three magazines off the magazine rack. And she had her iPad there, and I had mine, and my sister had her iPad. And I'm like, why are you even buying those? I said, anything in those you can just get online and look at for free. She goes, I know. And then she brought like a whole big uh, uh, bag of all these like uh, Us Weekly and stuff like that and uh, to, to bring to the beach to look at. But I said, well, you know, we're sitting there. We'd just be on, you know, get on, get on your iPad and look at stuff. So it's it's a shame that magazines and stuff like that. And and um as far as that goes, I even um yesterday I was thinking about uh I had finished reading up on all the uh comics that I had uh kind of backed up and I read them all and I was like, you know, man, that uh fucking Suicide Squad was really good. Well, I just got on um uh, Comicsology or whatever and they had the two newest issues on there that I didn't have. And I just thought, you know what? I'm, e- even if uh, Things from Another World gives you a discount, uh, you still are paying the shipping and everything. So I just fucking bought them and fucking read them. So maybe I'm going digital. I don't know, people. Plus, you know, just being those things just start backing up down there in the old basement. Basement? That's French for basement. Uh, basement? Um, I watched 2015's Turbo Kid. Now, I remember... Uh, few years back when we all went to Whorehound and hung out and all that stuff, uh, they did a uh, screening of Turbo Kid and I did not go see it. I wish I would have. I wish I would have taken advantage of some of the the screenings and the Q&As. You know, we had some people that just were like religiously against doing anything in the show. Like they'd be like, I'm not going in the show. I'm not paying for, I'm not going in doing anything. And then, you know, you kind of wanted to hang out with them because they're your friends and you went like all, you know, drove fucking five, six hours or whatever to get there. So like uh, Loaf and I, the first year, we were like, well, you know, nobody wants to go on the show and you know, we had never been there before. So, but then like Ken and, um, oh, some of the, like El Goro and some of these guys, they would go to these Q and A's and stuff and start posting these pictures of like big trouble in little China Q and A's. And then Loaf and I would go to the wrestling things and we'd go to the Q and A set and they were a blast. You know, you get to see like some of these actors and stuff get up there and you get to ask them questions and have them talk about like, you know, like I said, big trouble in little China or, you know, whatever. And uh, it's like, man, I want to start going to the fucking Q and A's and going to these screenings and stuff. But then after that, nobody wants to go to the fucking things anymore. So it's like, whatever. I think that time has died. It kind of went by the wayside. It was a, I thought it was going to be one of those, one of, I don't want to sound bitter, you know, but I thought it was going to be one of those things where, you know, we all got together every year and a big group of us and, you know, like once a year and, and hang out and everything. And it's like, we did it a couple of times and now it's just kind of like fart noise. Uh, so anyway, I'll just do stuff on my own. <laughs> What's Turbo Kid 2015 directed by Francois Simard, uh, Ousel, and it was written by both of them. And this is a pretty entertaining fucking movie. Um, starring Monroe Chambers, Laurence Lebouf, and Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside, of course, is is good at everything. I think Emily really likes Michael Ironside. The Deadly Doll from the La Femme Monocratique. What's all this French shit that's, uh, you know, like a young blood? <laughs> I watched Young Blood and Don't Kill It. Um, but um, Michael Ironside played Zeus in this. 
He got a patch on his eye. You know, you always have to remember any movies with guys that have patches on their eyes, like Snake Plissken and Rooster Cogburn. And um, who else had a patch on their eye? That girl, didn't that one girl, it was that post-apocalyptic movie that had the girl that tried, that, that kind of took uh, Kate Beckinsdale's place in the vampire movies for one movie. And she was in that post-apocalyptic movie. And I thought she wore a patch, maybe. Angelina Jolie wore a patch in Sky Captain. Who else wore a patch? Oh, of course, uh, What's-Her-Face and Kill Bill wore a patch. Um, the girl from Pope from Greenwich Village. What's her name? Hmm. What is her name? Daryl Hannah. There's a porn star named Daryl Hannah, too. I guess maybe because she sort of looks like Daryl Hannah. And I thought she was kind of hot because she's pretty wild. She's like the Debbie Diamond of her time. But then she got this big, ugly tattoo on her back. And, I mean, it was like if somebody got a um, like a little small tattoo and then they hated it. So they went and got like a giant Jesus fish or something that's like big. It's awful. Anyway, uh, this movie is very entertaining. It's... Um, post-apocalyptic it's sort of like a mad max thing except they ride like bmx bicycles and shit got some crazy characters in there what's that fucker's name uh skeletron uh he's pretty cool he's got like a really cool outfit um and you know it's kind of uh i don't know if i'm i don't say tongue-in-cheeky but it's almost like a trauma kind of a thing except better um now somebody will say oh that's what they would say but I liked it, and I liked the little the little relationship, the the uh, the wide eyed um, girl that was in this. What was her name? Apple Lawrence Leboeuf, uh, Lawrence Leboeuf. Uh, she was really good. Um, she looks totally different in real life without the blonde hair and the pink stripe and you know the the doll eyes. But anyway, Turbo Kid, I liked it. I'm glad I finally got to see it. Uh, Vigo Mortensen turned 59 today. That gives us a chance to talk about Vigo. I think I've talked about Vigo before. Wait a minute. Is he going to play the fucking Unabomber? <laughs> Wait a minute. They just did that show. Let's see. Vigo. Mortensen. Mortensen. I wonder if he's playing the fucking Ted Kaczynski. Let me see here. Let me look. Uh, he's attached to a movie called Unabomb. But it might be about uh, Kane and Al Snow wrestling in Smoky Mountain. So anyway, um, hmm. I like Captain Fantastic. I don't care what Emily says. Uh, she can rot in hell for all I care as far as that goes. That movie was good. Um, Far From Men. I def- Far From Men and uh, Yo-Ya, Yo-Ya, I think is how you pronounce it. Those two movies are from 2014. Those are two that I have recommended to people that I saw. I like Two Faces of January, which is also... 2014 was a good year for Vigo. That one has Oscar Isaac in it, too. And I think Gwyneth Paltrow, or am I thinking of of, um, Talented Mr. Ripley. But it's sort of the same kind of a a deal. Uh, Two Faces of January is really good. Uh, He played uh, William S. Burroughs, or Old Bull Lee in On the Road. He was good as William S. Burroughs in that. Talked about William S. Burroughs' last show. Dangerous Method was okay. Um, he played Sigmund Freud. Um, and um, was that... Fastbender? Fastbender in that? <laughs> Is that who that was? Or I want to say Ewan McGregor, but it was it was Fastbender. Is Ewan McGregor in this motherfucker? 
I kept thinking that he did he play Sigmund Freud in something? <laughs> is this a podcast or am I asking you guys questions? The road, meh, I thought that was so depressing. Papa 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 papa. Appaloosa sucked, although Vigo was good in it. He was the best part. And uh Lemon Lemon sucking lemon face was awful in it, but I liked her better when she had a sucking lemon face. Eastern Promises was great. I uh, liked it. Um, History of Violence was pretty good. Hidalgo was a big favorite of mine. Uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, I think I've seen a couple of those, but they didn't, you know, they were all right. I, I didn't get like a big boner over those. 28 Days? What the hell's that? <laughs> Sandra Bullock and Vigo Mortensen. A big city newspaper columnist is forced to enter a drug and alcohol rehab center after ruining her sister's wedding and crashing a stolen limousine. Well, that might be pretty good. Let me write that down. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's got um, Dominic West in it, too. I've come to like him here recently. Uh, who else is in this turd? Diane Ladd? Oh, she's Sailor's... Uh, she, what's her name? As you know, she was uh, uh, Lula's mama. Lula. Steve Buscemi's in this, too. I'm going to write this down. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but maybe... Th- I didn't know it was like a rehab movie. Twenty. And it's Sandra Bullock... Dude, I don't know. I guess she's kind of the cute girl next door thing or whatever, but there's something about her that makes me feel like she's more of a boy than a, a woman. Like, oh, Betty Thomas directed that. Did I just talk about Betty? No, I'm thinking about uh, Betty Buckley. Uh, 28 Days from 2000. Vigo. You gotta see Vigo and everything he's in. You know, Steve Buscemi's in that. So, I will watch that. I'm going to look at it. See, there's a reason for this. There's a method to this madness. You've, you learn something. A walk on the moon. Is that where he plays a hippie? Yeah, that was where he, Diane Lane, and uh, he plays there. He's kind of a hippie. That one wasn't bad. It's got some uh, romance in it. I liked him in G.I. Jane as a Navy SEAL guy who slams the door in Jane's face. Amy Moore with her big old fake titties. She goes against big fake titties so she can be a uh, a uh, Navy SEAL. I don't get that. He played Sam Loomis in Psycho. I didn't see. Is that the Vince Vaughn Psycho? I'm not a big Vince Vaughn fan. And then everybody said that was just kind of a shot for shot remake. And hey, she don't do nothing for me. I probably won't watch this, even though Vigo's in it. I might watch it because Vigo. Julianne Moore cries. She annoys me when she cries. William H. Macy's good. Robert Forster's good. Uh, Chad Everett, he was on TV. I remember Rita Wilson. That's uh, Mrs. Tom Hanks. Remar, maybe I will watch this. But Vince Vaughn, nah, I, I, man, he just draw, drives me away. If every, if like everybody, if Vigo was uh, Lawrence Bates, <laughs> what the hell is that fucker's name? Bates, Patrick Bates? No, it's Patrick Bateman. What's his fucking name? Norman. God damn it, dumb fuck. This is how you talk to yourself when you were crazy. Uh, anyway, but I like Vigo. I'm not going to go down through all this shit. <laughs> First thing I saw we made, I think, was Boiling Point with Dennis Hopper and Wesley Snipes. And um, he just kind of stood out. Uh, what else is he? Oh, well, he was in Young Guns too. What else is this fucker in? Witness. Oh, no, maybe the first thing I saw was he was in Witness because... Uh, I saw that when it first came out in 85, but he didn't have a big part. He was just an Amish dude that was kind of there, hung out with the Amish. I'm going to move on. And, then I, and you know what? The funny thing is, the only reason I fucking was looking at this shit is because of Christina Klebe. 
she wasn't worth going back and looking for. Come on, mouse, get to work. Get on the right thing, you son of a bitch. I'm getting cranky. Bruh. Okay. Whatever works. That's a Woody Allen written and directed movie. Uh, this is one of the ones I talked about last time where I was speaking of, uh, you know, Woody Allen's getting old now, so instead of him playing the Woody Allen part in the movie, he gets somebody else to play it. Owen Wilson sucked. Uh, but uh, Larry David plays kind of the Woody Allen part in this. Larry David's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah, he's he's got his shtick, but he he's all right. He he was better than Owen Wilson, but he's just kind of a douche. It's my nerves a little bit. Uh, Superman is in this. Henry Cavill, uh, Evan Rachel Wood. Is that the girl? Michael McKeon wasn't very good in this. I liked him in uh, Spinal Tap and uh, Lenny and the Squig Tones. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Evan Rachel Wood. That's that girl. She was a dummy in this. She reminded me of somebody I went out with at one time. Um, but it was all right. It, it was okay. It, 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 it was worth watching. You know, it wasn't bad. I've seen it before. I'm not going to talk about it too much more. Closed Circuit. Closed Circuit from 2013. This is a newer one on Netflix. It was just released on Netflix uh, stars Eric Bana and Rebecca Hall, who seems like she's kind of one of those dog shit actresses that's in everything. I like her. I mean, she's not a bad actress. Uh, it also has um, Syrian Hines in it, who I really like. Um, this is pretty good, but it still makes you wonder what Eric Bana is, if he's just kind of like a... Um, who's that motherfucker that was in 300? <laughs> That one, dude, Gerard Butler. Um, if Eric Bana's kind of like that kind of a guy, or he just has a bad agent. This movie isn't that bad. Uh, it's a kind of an average, worth worth a watch. A little bit better than average, I guess, uh, movie. Uh, it's got that one chick in it that I do not like that was in the Bourne movies. And I'm not even going to look her up because I don't care. I see her face right there, and I don't like her. Fuck her. Uh, no, but this wasn't bad. Uh, it was just okay. Nothing worth, you know. Like I said, if you don't have anything to do, it's worth a watch. It's not horror. It's not bad or anything. Uh, this one was good. It's another Stephen King adaptation that just came out, uh, directed by Zach Hilditch, and um, he wrote the screenplay for this. And it's uh, 1922. It's a Netflix original, starring Thomas Jean, Thomas Jane, Molly Parker, who was really good, and Dylan Schmid. Who else is in this turd? Oh, it's not a turd. I'm just kidding. Neil McDonough's in it. He's always good. Um, kind of plays Neil McDonough and everything. Got a good look, though. Uh, the Tin Man. Uh, but uh, Thomas Jane is really good in this. Uh, you know, he's kind of like an Eric Bana kind of guy. Um where he he I don't know about his choices, but or if it's or if it's his, you know, kind of limited acting. Not limited acting. I mean, he's not a bad actor, but he just doesn't. Uh, He's just not great, uh, but he's good in this. He he talks that through the whole movie like he's got a toothpick between his two front teeth, but he doesn't. And uh, this one is creepy. Uh, it's the kind of kind of horror movie that I like, kind of ghosty, creepy horror movie and psychological. <laughs> big word, Ooh, psychological. <laughs> Check out the big brain, old Brad. You the small motherfucker. Uh, watch 2007. This T does this have something on it? Okay, watch 2017's Wheelman. 
I think this is another Netflix original that just came out. They're just pumping out these fucking movies like left and right. I think they said they were going to make like 80 movies a year. I read that somewhere. 80 to 89 or something like that. Directed by Jeremy Rush. Written by Jeremy Rush. Stars Frank Grillo. Crossbones from uh, Captain America. and Winter Soldier. Uh, Purge. Anarchy. Or one of the last two Purge movies. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, Frank Grillo is the star. Uh, it's called Wheelman, and it also has Garrett Dillahunt and somebody else that's very Garrett Dillahunt-ish-like. Who was the other guy in this, or am I thinking of another movie? It's got somebody in it named Slane. The guy's name in real life is just Slane, S-L-A-I-N-E, and he plays Jazz Handler, but it goes by Slane. And then a girl in this that goes by the name of Precious White in real life. She plays a sexy girl outside the club. So, talk about typecasting. But this was pretty good. I thought this was a better, a little bit better than average. Um, Grillo's pretty good, like a little car chase thing. And it kind of uh, kind of reminded me like that Tom Hardy movie where you're in the car the whole time and somebody's calling and talking to you and shit. But uh, cross between that and like Drive uh, and a little bit of heist action kind of a stuff going on there. I like it. I like Frank Grillo. Wish he would play the Punisher. Frank Castle. I watched 2004's Saw. Now, people, let me tell you, I don't know if it's because Shocktober got a hold of me, but this is the most horror movies you'll ever see me fucking watch. Um, I watched Saw from 2004, uh, directed by James Wan. I thought this was directed by the Bear Jew for some reason, but I think he did Hostel, maybe. Um, Written by Lee Wanell and James Wan. Uh, And this stars Carrie Elways and Danny Glover... It was all right. I mean, you know, for what it was, it was all right. I don't, you know, people told me, they said, um, oh, you get to the, you know, the reveal in the end. Well, I didn't think the reveal in the end was much of a fucking reveal. It didn't do anything for me. I was like, well, that was the big deal. Eh, whatever. It was all right. Yeah. Gary always kind of looked bloated. You know, you used to see him in The Prince's Bride, and he looked like he uh, was retaining a little water in this one. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about Saturday Night Fever. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking about Travolta's hair and, uh, you know, when he stood in front of the uh, the uh, mirror and combed his hair and went, Attica, Attica, Al Pacino, because he had a picture of Al Pacino up on his wall. And uh, that was in Mindhunters. They, um, he was the guy in Mindhunters, the Netflix uh, thing about the um, – behavioral research people at the FBI. Uh, he was watching Dog Day Afternoon and, uh, you know, the whole Attica scene, Attica, and all that shit. Um, he was, whatever. You watch it and you tell me what happened. I'm not telling you anything. Uh, I'm getting tired. I probably haven't even been talking that long. Just getting tired. Only about an hour. Fading fast. Bleh. I don't know. Saturday Night Fever. I like the music. and I could listen to the Bee Gees all the time, you know. And what's funny about that is they they made that album. It didn't even have anything to do with this movie. Other, you know, a, after the fact, it did. But they they put together that whole album, um, or all the all the music that they did before. And then when they got you know to hired to do the music for this, they just you know they used that music. So, but uh, Saturday Night Fever was pretty good. It had Fran Drescher in it. But, you know, I like that movie. It wasn't bad. You know, kind of got the New York thing going on there. You know, the whole disco thing. I, I kind of went through a lot of that uh, 
a lot of that disco and dancing and shit. I I used to go cut a rug, man. You know, let me tell you something. If you if you were willing to go out there and, and dance, you know, I didn't do like John Travolta moves or anything, but if you were willing to go out there and stand and move your arms around and dance a little bit, I'm more like the old fat John Travolta when he danced like in uh, Pulp Fiction and stuff like that, uh, you know, where you don't move around too much. You, your feet don't move, but you just kind of do the, you know, I don't know do a little fucking Elvis Kung Fu stuff or something with your hands. Um, but if you would dance, you know, you got some chicks. Because you go out there dancing and they're drunk. And then the next thing you know, the slow song comes on. You start slow dancing. Next thing you know, you're kissing. Next thing you know, you're out in the car and they run into a telephone pole. You go through the fuck. You hit your head on the windshield. You get a concussion. And then you, you know, whatever. That happened. Um, I watched 2006's Half Nelson starring The Gosling. Uh, and, um, Sharika Epps. This was written and directed by Ryan Fleck. Now, the first time I saw this, I was, really wasn't uh, that impressed with it. I thought, yeah, this isn't that good. It was kind of boring or whatever. But the, then I've watched it a couple times since, and I really like it. I like the Gosling. I thought he did a good job. He um, uh, he does more with less. He's kind of like a Steve McQueen character. You know, people are like, oh, fucking Ryan Gosling. He never fucking... He doesn't say, doesn't hardly talk, just does, you know. But Steve McQueen, you know, he didn't fucking say a lot. He They tear fucking pages out of the script and everything. And Gosling's got a presence. He was good in this, and it was kind of, um, I, I read somewhere that they said that the character was actually supposed to be like a 35-year-old dude, but they rewrote it because uh, they wanted Gosling to play uh, the part, and he was in his, like, I don't know, mid-20s or something, maybe mid to... I don't know, whatever, mid. <laughs> I like the uh, Sharika Epps. She was really good in this. Uh, I looked her up to see uh, what else she has done. Uh, not a lot, but I want to see Sharika Epps. I don't want you guys to look her up and then say, Yes, yeah, she did. You fucking douche. Sharika Epps. Was she related to Omar? What's her deal here? Graduated from high school. Cast in as character of Kendra in Alien vs. Predator. Oh, okay. Requiem. I remember that. I remember her and that. She was like, wasn't she the main girl in that? Or main lady? I'm sure if she was related to Omar Epps, they would say, and they didn't. Uh, but she was good. She has not done a lot of stuff. She did Half Nelson in 2006, and that she was a little kid. Uh, Alien versus Predator. Well, that was 2007, so maybe she wasn't the main person in that. She was must have been a little kid in that, too. She's worked up till 2013, but, I mean, only... Let's see. About nine credits. Well, it says up at the top. Ten credits, and one of them was a short. But I thought she was pretty good in this. She should work more. Somebody should give her a job. Let's go. Man, I feel like shit now. I don't know why. It's just coming over me. I just feel crappy. Uh, Broadway Danny Rose from 1984. Uh, written and directed by Woody Allen. Starring Woody Allen. This is when he was still young enough to actually star in uh, movies that uh, he directs and writes. Mia Farrow was in this. Uh, you know, there are a couple. Or were. They're not anymore. He was soon ye now. Um, this has a whole bunch of people that were kind of like... Uh, uh, like a, I 
I don't know, old stand-up guys, Milton Berle, and, you know, uh, he's like the most famous probably one in, in fucking thing. But just like a lot of uh, old stand-up dudes that like, you know, when you see like Artie Lang on Howard Stern, they'd have Nick DiPaolo and uh, and uh, Bob Levy and those guys like that that uh, were just kind of never made it really big but just did the clubs and and um, they're all sitting around a, a diner I love the the um, okay this is in black and white and I love just the atmosphere and I was talking to Morris about it and he goes what do you think of Broadway Danny Rose and I was like well I started watching it I haven't finished it yet um, but I finally finished it not because it wasn't any good I just I don't have it didn't have it on my iPad I just had to watch it on my um, TV uh, and I just kind of got to where you know I, uh, I when I come home I'm 90% of the time sleeping so for for as long as I can before I have to get back to work and so I got back to it I liked it I thought there was some funny shit and especially uh, a thing where they're being pursued and, and they're in a um, one of those like a hangar that stores the uh, Macy's uh, balloons that they use at the parades and stuff and some things happened there that were pretty fucking hilarious but I just like I like all the old cronies <sighs> sitting around talking. I like the black and white, and I just like the the um, the atmosphere of New York at that time. Um, I think uh, Morris from um, See Here podcast uh, said that Projection Booth did a good show about that, or was he talking? Or did they do it? And <laughs> he was talking to uh, uh, one of the guys from that show. I haven't listened to that show in a long time. Uh, whatever. Uh, let's see. But this was good. I liked it. I, I, it's, um, I, I really love the look of it. It was really cool. Um, sorry, I fucking just don't feel like doing the show anymore right now. I just feel crappy. Uh, a show that I want to watch, or a movie I want to watch on YouTube. Uh, I have not watched it yet. Uh, it's for free on YouTube. Is The Last Chase from 1981. Uh, starring Lee Majors, Burgess Meredith, Chris Makepeace, not from the From and Critique. Um, I'm a big Lee Majors fan. Going back to, of course, big the Big Valley. Uh, Six Million Dollar Man, Fall Guy. Just about anything Lee Majors did on TV, I liked. Um, this is a futuristic uh, thing. Let me look at the uh, synopsis on here. I probably just fucked up my IMDb. Well, that's a huge synopsis, and I'm not gonna read it. But anyway, it's a futuristic thing. He's in the future. He's got a race car. They're getting chased by people. Let's see. In the future, United States, the only transport available to an individual is public transportation. Predicated on the assertion that oil has run out in increasingly totalitarian... I guess I am going to read it. Totalitarian central government has ordered all personal vehicles to be impounded by the law. One man, former race car driver, yearns again for the ability to choose his own roads and destiny. He reassembles his race car hidden in confiscation. Okay, but that's basically, you know, he's going against the man, you know, and he decides, okay, well, I don't give a fuck if there's no more gasoline and oil I'm going to fucking do what I want to do okay so I'm going to watch I've seen it I know now that I've I have seen that probably back when it was on TV um watch 2017's Black Butterfly now I had heard uh, some good things about this so I watched it, it stars uh, Antonio Bandadas and Jonathan Reese Myers and Piper Perabo and it's directed by Brian Goodman and Mark Friedman um 
it was just pretty average to me. Uh, Banderas kind of got on my nerves. Maybe I was in a bad mood. Maybe I'm in a bad mood now. I just don't feel good all of a sudden. i got to go to work tonight. Eh, fuck it. Uh, Banderas, it just wasn't anything special, I didn't think. It wasn't bad. It was like um, that uh, closed circuit. It wasn't bad. It's worth a watch, but it it didn't blow me away. And I saw some reviews where they were like, "Oh my God, you got to see this psychological thriller." Psychological, my ass. I watched uh, 2015 straight out of Compton. Uh, this is the uh, kind of a biopic about uh, NWA, uh, the the uh, hip hop rap. Well, back then they called it rap. Now it morphed into they call it hip hop, but. Um, I thought this was pretty good. Um, I was never a big fan of hip-hop or rap. But, uh, again, I maybe have said this on the show. I like the documentaries about uh, you know, what went on back then. In, the documentaries interested me. The life of the people interested me and what happened more than the music. And, then, like I said, the music's not bad because, you know, it's been used and it's in my head because a lot of the fucking songs and stuff that they play, I recognize them. Uh, from well, I don't know, maybe going out to the clubs or uh, back in back in the day or something like that, or commercials or ECW wrestling. Like I said on the previous show, a lot of the guys would come out to different music. Uh, let's see here. Everybody in this was excellent as far as portraying, you know, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy, Suge Knight. Uh, you know, everybody. They looked like the fucking guys. They talk like Snoop Dogg and the Tupac, or you know, they have them in here as like small parts. And, and Paul Giamatti is is in this. Uh, he has a really big part as Jerry Heller, uh, who was like their producer. Um, but after I got done watching this, it just made me think, you know, okay, they need to do with those two guys need to do the with the Suge Knight and the two guys that played Snoop and. Um, and uh, Tupac do that story next as like a, I don't know, I guess like it's almost like a sequel to this or whatever. But I thought it was pretty good, man. It was wild. It it, uh, it had just the shit that went down, um, the whole Suge Knight thing. Just it's like, dude, it's a bad dude. But I guess you know you had that stuff even back in the day when they would you know get these kids and you know uh, get them sign these shitty contracts and strong arm stuff and whatever. Um, let's see here. I watched uh, 2014's Good People. Um, this is directed by uh, Henrik Ruben Gens. Uh, written by Marcus Saiki, or Saiki, based on the novel by, well, that's him. Screenplay by Kelly Masterson. Stars James Franco, Kate Hudson, and Tom Wilkinson. What sold me on this one was Tom Wilkinson. I like him. Uh, what did not sell me on this is when uh, uh, Kate Hudson and James Franco. Uh, if it would have just been them, I probably wouldn't even have watched it. Um, I will say I'm glad I watched it for one thing about Kate Hudson being in this is that she gets out of the shower and is holding a towel up in front of her and shows her ass. And even though she's, you know, I don't know if she's not middleweight. How old is she? She still has a nice ass, man. I noticed that in a couple of pictures uh that I saw one time online when she was younger in a bikini, and I was like, man, she got a nice butt. But she still looked good. She had a nice butt in this. And her and James Franco, you know, I don't even know if they needed to really be in this. Uh, the whole thing takes place in England, 
and why they had to be in it and be Americans living in England. I don't think that was necessary. They could have gotten two, you know, British actors to play the play the roles. They weren't bad or anything. The movie again, it's just like those other ones that I was saying before. There, it's worth a watch. It's average. Uh, Tom Wilkinson's good, but he was. I mean, he didn't have that much to do in this. Franco, Kate Hudson. I watched uh, 2016's Blood on the Mountain. You guys, a lot of you said that you really liked the uh, show that we did about the movie Mate One and hearing all the stories and stuff about living in the coal country and all the stuff that went on, union stuff and shit like that. Uh, This is on Netflix Instant, a documentary called Blood on the Mountain. Uh, Check this one out. If you like that show uh, and you want to see some more about where I live and the stuff that goes on here, uh, this is definitely worth a watch. It is very good. You'll see um, how I was just telling a guy at work last night how I think that some of these um, rich oligarchs and their toady uh, politicians, uh, how they want things to go, what, what they want to take things back to. Uh, very good. Like I said, this is an excellent companion piece for the movie Mate Wan. So you might want to check it out. I encourage you to check it out. Watch another document. That's on Netflix Instant. I watched another documentary on Netflix Instant called The Truth About Alcohol. This was a short one. It wasn't a, a very long documentary. It was a, a guy uh, decided to do some research and some... Um, <sighs> like out of the laboratory research about alcohol, like uh, the best way to cure a headache or a hangover, why people, some people get drunker faster than others. Um, talks about a lot, like about uh, the, the good things about drinking a glass of wine, you know, the, the, the old rumor that, um, you know, if you drink a glass of wine a day, it's good for you. My doctor tells me I need to drink a glass of wine a day, whatever. Um, that's what they said in the show. Um, or that was the the thing that a lot of people always say. Uh, you know, beer, um, just different things. And they did some uh, the, some tests where they would have people um, kind of, uh, you know, they'd all drink and see how they could do certain uh, tasks, uh, or they'd all have like two test subject, two test uh, groups, and. Um, you know, have them drink a lot of booze, and then the next day, you know, try different hangover remedies stuff. It was it was worth a watch. It's nothing. It's not great, but it was it was kind of a fun thing. You know, um, other than that, that's about all I watched. It's funny that uh, going on an hour and ten minutes. I had some comics that I was going to talk about. I guess I'll give you a little bit more of a show here, a little bit more of a show, even though I'm kind of fading. Because um, I've been wanting to say talk about some of the comics I've been reading. Some of you will not give a shit. But some of this is movie-related. Um, I read this week uh, the uh, new issue of the Star Wars uh, comic from Marvel. Marvel took over the Star Wars franchise from Dark Horse. I kind of would like to maybe check out some of the old Dark Horse uh, Star Wars comics. Um, I'm sure they're pro- they probably are pretty cheap. I think they, were, they weren't that expensive even, you know back issues uh, you know, a few years ago. Uh, but these are, so far, all the ones I have read. They came out with one that was um, oh, Mace Windu. They just had like a one 
I got like one issue. I think they were trying to get me to sign up for it, and I it was all right. It wasn't anything great. I'm just sticking with the ones I got, which is the they're just the the title straight up just Star Wars. This is really good, and they have a um, a uh, unit of stormtroopers that they're kind of following around in this book called uh, Scar, and uh, they answer they're like uh, Darth Vader's uh, almost like his. Uh, SEAL Team 6 kind of a deal and they're assholes but they're, they're pretty good um, so I like that one I like the book of course I've told you guys before the Dr. Aphra um, comic uh, Star Wars comic from Marvel uh, is really good I hope they put that character in some of the new movies or have her have her own movie she's a good character in this one they had like a Darth Vader is connected in a way to Dr. Aphra uh, he's not in every book, uh, but he's he just not like her. <laughs> and, uh, they had this this being that was almost like a I don't know if I would say it's like a demon, but it's almost like a this out of body form, like a ghost, and it controls technology or whatever, and it gets in this like fucking robot, and it thinks it's a Jedi. Which is pretty cool, and you have a showdown between it and uh, Vader, which was good. Uh, X Men Blue, uh, Loaf. Uh, when he here recently, or not that long ago, he was getting into reading the. He was never a Marvel guy, and he started reading um, uh, the old X Men comics, starting I think when like John Byrne was uh, doing them, which was really good. And he got to the Mojo uh, books about the Mojo universe or whatever. Well, the X-Men Blue, number one, it hasn't been that great. Uh, none of the X-Men books that I've been reading have been that great, including Cable um, or Weapon X. Uh, X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold, they're just okay. Um, and I'm probably going to let them run out. Um, but this one is, they started like in the last issue with... Mojo coming along, and uh, they had somebody return in this that I think Metal Mikey would like, but I didn't think it was that great. Um, Justice League of America. This one uh, has the return of uh, the Adam, Ray Palmer. I'm not a big DC guy, but I thought this was pretty good. I might follow up on this one just to see what's going on here. They're in like a microverse. I kept thinking, God, are the Micronauts going to show up? Uh, DC Universe Rebirth, Batman Detective Comics. You got some Tim Drake in this one. Uh, in the hands of Mr. Oz, and they were wondering who Mr. Oz was, and everybody's talking about who's Mr. Oz going to be. Is he going to be one of the Watchmen, you know, and everything? Uh, I did read one of the books, and they, I know who Mr. Oz is now. <laughs> Weapon X, like I said, it's not that great. I don't think it's very creative to me, and I've probably said this before on the show. When you, um, like in those X-Men Blue and Gold and everything, um, you had uh, the young X-Men come from the past, you have uh, a a Wolverine son from a different dimension. You have, uh, you know, it's just like, Jesus Christ, can you create something fucking new? In Weapon X, they have this guy that um, the uh, Weapon X program uh, took this soldier and fused him, like, with the Hulk and Wolverine's genes. So he's, like, as powerful as the Hulk, but he has Wolverine's powers, too, and everything. It's like, Jesus Christ, how about something fucking new? Quit just... Tr- 
like it's like having the Red Hulk and then She Hulk and then the Red She Hulk and then you know and now they have Amadeus Cho as the fucking Hulk and it's like God damn uh, Wolverine you had Wolverine then you had Old Man Logan well now you have Wolverine who's a girl uh, and Old Man Logan is come from his universe and he's in there and then they have Jimmy uh, who is fucking uh, Wolverine's son from another dimension so it's almost like when they had Shazam and you had um, or I mean Shazam you had Captain Marvel and then you had the girl Captain Marvel and the little boy Captain and the uncle Captain Marvel or Superman and the super dog and the super girl and it's like God, you know, give me a fucking break you, you're, they're just not creative that's why like I said I started reading some Dynamite comics and uh, of course Dark Horse Dynamite's the James uh, James Bond ones I've been reading uh, they also have the Shadow, um, and they have a crossover with Shadow and Batman here recently. Uh, well, I read um, Hal Jordan's Green Lantern Corps. That was pretty good. Not too bad. Had all of them in it. Action Comics. You get to find out who Mr. Oz is. The Oz Effect Part 2. I'm not sure I like what's uh, going on there. Uh, Superman um, Issue 32. Uh, Superman Fighting Deathstroke. Uh, again, like I said, the Dynamite and DC crossover of the Shadow and Batman. I kind of, I, I'd like to see a good book with uh, the old character of the Shadow. If you want to watch that movie with uh, Alec Baldwin? I wouldn't mind him seeing doing a a new movie uh, with the Shadow. I like that character. Uh, of course, Suicide Squad. I got, uh, like I said, I, I got uh, two issues of that, 25 and 26. And then I got uh, 27 and 28 uh, digital. And I love that book. It's probably one of my favorite books that I really look forward to. I don't give a fuck about Apocalypse. Um, but I just said that looking at this cover, but then I remembered why he was in there, and I still don't give a fuck of uh, X-Men Gold. Uh, like I said, the James Bond books, Poe Dameron, uh, the uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron book is good. Um, so all those Star Wars books are good. Uh, Suicide Squad is excellent. And uh, the James Bond books, I, I, I like those too. So that's all. I got my little shoebox with my comics in there. Um, I think I'm going to hang it up and go back to sleep. Um, like I said, I just wanted to get something out. I thought I did more. If I felt better, I'd probably talk more. But for some reason, I, when I got up, I thought, well, hell, you know, I'll probably hit hit my stride and get going here. But I'm fading for some reason. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, I looked. I did not ask for feedback. Uh, our phone number is 636 636- Three two three nine nine six zero. I do not have access to that. Loaf does, so we'll have to uh, get him back on this show. It's his show too. We need some outcry from the fans to get Loaf, get him in gear. He's doing the uh, like the Ramones, the first drummer of the Ramones. He's become the producer of the show instead of on-air talent. He orders me around. He has sent me my paycheck. Um, and I'm going to leave and go with Suge Knight. No, I'm not. I'll <laughs> uh, see here. Silva. The email is silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions you would like to ask uh, for us to answer on the show. doesn't have to be about movies. could be about comic books, movies, TV shows. could be about life, sex religion, politics, uh, what else could it be about? Pooping, uh, pets, food, 
Look at that feedback group if you're not a member of our feedback group. It's kind of fun. Like I said, we don't talk about politics or sex or religion on there. We talk mostly about like consumer products, stuff that you have bought, uh, whether it's food or pie, pizza, cookies, Halloween cookies, Halloween decorations, Christmas decorations, TVs. We, we, we don't talk about movies, music, or TV shows on there because we save that for the other groups. But, uh, you know, if you bought like a Blu-ray player or something like that you wanted to recommend or uh, new car tires or if you want to know what kind of car to buy, you know, there's a lot of people on there that, um, you know, and everybody's got their opinion. Like I said, if you were in the market to buy a new car, you might want to ask them, you know, well, what do you think? What What's a good uh, what kind of car do you have? And just stuff like that. Con- more consumer stuff. Uh, there's some fun stuff on there where we just, you know, I'll post something stupid. <laughs> As usual. Keep the ball rolling, Daddy. you got to keep the ball rolling. Don't go for the sword. Go for the ball. Uh, didn't if the kid took the ball, they were, he was going to kill him or something? I don't know. Whatever. Nobody's killed me yet. Okay. The tea didn't work. Um, I'm not parched. But um, I am just very tired. I think it's time to go back to bed. Nope, not a lot of porn talk this uh, this time. Like I said, I think I did talk about uh, the porn star Daryl Hannah and um, Debbie Diamond, which some of those some of those uh, older women, well, they're like my age now, but they were you know big and when they were in their twenties and they've made comebacks as like milfs or whatever, and some of them can pull it off and look good you know for their age and everything looked good like debbie diamond came back and she was one of the ones that kind of she looked like a volleyball player when she was young she was she was tall and had long legs and everything but she didn't have like big boobs and she came back and she's probably like 50 now she does not look good she's like ginger lynn ginger lynn was really hot when she was young girl next door like i said kind of like a meg ryan kind of a little you know 20 year old um and now she came back and she looked like shit. Uh, this is my opinion because some people thought she looked good. She just, you know, I didn't think she looked good at all. I thought, you know, why, why she must need the money or something. Debbie Diamond kind of did the same thing. She came back, got these big implants. She's she just does not look good at all. Ugh, ugh, you know, uh, but anyway. <laughs> That's all the porn news. Somebody somebody said they like the porn talk. I don't have too much porn talk talk about this week. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get off here, go back to sleep, try and go back to sleep, hopefully, and uh, we'll, we'll get back with it with a little bit more vim and vigor. Like I said, there's just nothing really going on. I don't think there's even anything. My iPad just ran out of fucking juice, so I can't even look on there to see what's going on to, to comment on, other than Randy sent me a fucking instant message right in the middle of the show. Um, they had a big get-together at Troy's... Um, Troy's house. They just moved here not that long ago to the, I think, the Baltimore, D.C. area. And uh, I think there were several people that got together there. Uh, Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasochist, was there. And um, I'm trying to think who else. You know, of course, probably Randy and Lisa and Sophocles. And uh, I'm not sure who else was there. Not only get on here, I, you know, I got uh, these notes from like the old, from the last show. Because I did want to give some shout-outs to people. <laughs> you got to go through the trash to fucking, fucking find the shit. Okay. Suplex Multiplex. That's just an overholster of the Cinemasochist. Uh, Martian uh, Drive-In. 
And Paleo Cinema, you got GGTMC blinging, blinging class to trash since 1977. That's Will and Sammy. If you haven't seen Will in his uh, Halloween costume, I think that's what that was. I'm not sure what the fuck that was. I'm not saying Will. I don't know, dude. <laughs> he, he, he's been working out a lot, and he's proud. <laughs> uh, he's a maniac. 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 Uh, who else do we does does shows? Mm. Probably nobody that I like. <laughs> Feminine critique. I love those girls. Uh, those ladies. Those women. Those uh, awesome twosomes. Um, Christine and Emily. I guess I got to throw this shit back away. Um, Metal Mikey's comic book podcast. That motherfucker's got a goddamn long name on there, and I can never remember what it is. Maybe it's on a piece of paper in here, too, somewhere. There's that show called About the Goddamn Justice League. <laughs> oh, you don't even do this to me. There's a, There was a, um, a whatchamacallit, a receipt for something. What we got here? Another piece of paper. I, got it. I took the trash out this morning... And I thought I got it all, but I didn't get all this crap out of the out of my out of the studio, silver and gold studio. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Justice First Dawn. Okay, I need to leave this up here because I'm embarrassed when I can't remember somebody's name of their show. Uh, what else have I listened to? Podcast. Uh, Jerry Lawler's podcast. Get some wrestling podcast. Oh, somebody posted a bunch. If you're into wrestling. Uh, like the old wrestling, uh, somebody posted a bunch of uh, videos from um, the NWA uh, National, the NWA Classics um, website, and you had all this stuff from. I think a lot of that stuff's just from Houston, which was Paul Bosch's uh, one town. It was like a he just did one town, but it was one of the biggest towns in Texas, and uh, you got a lot of Bruiser Brody and Dusty Rhodes. Gino Hernandez, Gorgeous Gino, the handsome half-breed, um, Wahoo McDaniel against Harley Race, which, oh man, I love that. I, that Wahoo was my favorite, and that was a, a title match. A lot of these matches are 20-some minutes or longer. Um, and who else did I see on there? El Halcon, uh, <laughs> Grand Marcus, who was Gino's uh, partner, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Kamala, Colonel Buckley, George Christopher Robley Third. Um, of course, Paul Bosch is on there. Uh, the Great Mephisto and Jose Lothario. They had a match between them. Dusty Rhodes against Gino Hernandez. Dusty Rhodes against Bruiser Brody, which was a... I mean, that one and the one with Wahoo and Harley Race just were like made, you know, I popped big time for that. You had a dog collar and bull rope tag team match between Dusty Rhodes and Kamala. Uh, or Dusty Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. Or no, but Dusty Rhodes and the Junkyard Dog against Kamala and Ted DiBiase. And the one, uh, two, uh, the bull rope was I think DiBiase and um, and um, Dusty were connected, and the dog collar was Kamala and Junkyard Dog connected to each other. Uh, it's just some good stuff on there. I'm God. I'm, I, I I hate paying for anything. You know, there's so many pay channels with movies, TV, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not paying for any of that shit. There's even one match on there which is like Johnny Valentine against. Uh, uh, Bull Curry from 1969, and even at that at that time, Bull Curry must have been goddamn in his 50s, if not 
you know, I'd say probably in his mid-50s, if not even a little bit older, because so, he started, like, back in the 40s, I think. But just as just a treat to see that kind of old stuff, the old guys like that. Um, so that was a big thing for me, and that's another reason probably why I didn't watch as much stuff. I did watch some watch some shit this week, but I, I was, when I saw that come out, I was like, I want to watch it before, in case somebody takes it down, you know, for copyright violation. So I sat there and watched all of them, and a lot of the matches were, like I said, 20 minutes or more. Um, and, uh, they had one where the sheik came out, uh, with a big boa constrictor and Paul Bosch was, he did the commentary and everything. And his commentary was pretty funny. Cause he's like, after the sheik comes out and scares everybody with this, this big thing, Paul, he goes away and Paul Bosch is selling it. You know, the sheik, he controls the an- these animals and everything. And, you know, and he's acting like he's scared. Of and then he takes a little piece of paper out. Like I just have out of the trash can. He's like, and the steak was provided by Bill and, uh, Bill and Jane's uh, Exotic Animals in Houston, Texas. Bill and Jane's Exotic Animals. If you, and he's like reading this commercial. It's like, hey, dude, you just killed it. It's supposed to be the, the fucking chic snake and everything. But Paul Bosch is pretty funny as far as that goes. Um, that's about it. I think I'm going to wrap it up. Struggling here a little bit. I got about an hour and a half for you, Yins guys. Like I said, uh, appreciate your your support. Um and like I said before, we'll get Loaf back on here, get him back in the gear, get him back in the swing of things. Uh, maybe he'll choose the sword and cut my head off just so I won't do this show anymore. Uh, it's hard to tell. He might just use it to shave his mustache and his pubic hair around the balls and everything. You know, you got to shave. i got to shave here soon. <laughs> not shave, but just manscape, you know. I, I'm, not, I'm no Will. I'm no Will uh, I almost said his last name. Is that okay? Large William? Big Willie? Remember when he was just Big Willie? And they turned into Large William. Um, he lifts weights all the time and, and wears a leotard. <laughs> he does a lot of aerobic dancing, too, now, from what I can see. All right, people. Um, thank you for mining the gold and the silver from the silver and gold mine. Leave me some feedback. Um, SilvagoldPodcast at gmail.com. Phone number is 636-323-9960. And uh, like I said, uh Definitely, uh, you know, check out our, the Silver and Gold group, the uh, Gentleman's Guide, or the Wrestling and Gold group, uh, the Gentleman's Guide to um, TV, GG, uh, MTV. Uh, what else? Feminine Critique, uh, other groups. What else? We got the Comic Book group, which is Gentleman's Guide to Comics. Uh, check them all out. Contribute if you like. Uh, see here podcast. Uh, Feed My Ears group, uh, which is an excellent group. I, I fucking post on there all the time. Uh, Feed My Ears. Uh, and um, what's the other one? Feedback group. Yeah, that's all the groups. We have a lot of groups. So anyway, I will see you uh, down the road. Maybe in a week or two we'll do another show. i got a vacation coming up, so maybe uh, well, we'll get some stuff in. Thank you very much for your support. Felix Lighthouse saying, Sam, what?